Hi, everyone. I'm Aviva Rumani, and this is Kindred Cast, a bi weekly podcast featuring insights from deal makers and thought leaders from the world of tech, media, and everything in between. Kindred Cast is a production of Kindred Media, powered by Lion Tree, the investment bank for the creative digital economy. In today's special episode, as the world continues to reel from the impact of COVID 19, we check in with Lion Tree CEO Arye Borkoff as he discusses the short and longer term implications of this moment, the surprising business impact of scarcity, and lessons learned from our quarantine routine. We wish you all continued health and safety as we get through this together. Be well. It's always great to take a moment away from the stresses, the opportunities, the routine of the here and now and preserve some thoughts and this kind of shared conversation. So it's good to mark time and go back later and figure out you know, how we all got through this and uh, what we uh, learned along the way. I always say if you could write yourself a letter that you wouldn't be able to open in a year or five years or even 20 years time, you may say things differently and more expressively than you would if you were risking an immediate reaction. And then, so that's really what the point of these are, is to uh, be able to talk about things knowing that they may not be digested or uh, analyzed or critiqued in any way for a long period of time. And over the course of time, it is what it is. It's just an authentic life. I remember actually sitting in the uh, year-end podcast that Leslie Mallon was doing with me. If we go back to it, I remember there was a comment that I made and said, when you have a period of low inflation or no inflation, low interest rates or no interest rates, low corporate taxation at historical levels, and all things pointing to positive signs of a continued robust marketplace, you have to wonder what the external shock could be. And uh, I remember uh, um, that conversation talking about what that external shock could be. And I even may have said that those kinds of things usually happen for political reasons. And we're in an election year, and you don't know what kind of volatility could transpire at this point in the cycle with all these kind of determinants being relatively positive. So be careful, because there are things you don't know. And that's really what has happened, I think, all those things from December to today, even before we get to like COVID-19 and a virus as being that external shock, you get to, okay, scale players, are the most important from the cost of capital perspective, from the influence perspective, from the impact perspective. And by the way, startups and the latest entrepreneurial wave and excitement really may be difficult to uh, see to the end game here all of a sudden. No one really cares about the latest innovation as much as like basic utilities and necessities today. This concept of human connection and really appreciating each other at a real basis level what we're all about is come all the way to the surface. And then this community of people around us that I feel very fortunate, if there's one thing I've done in my career in building Lion Tree or just the world around me, is I really very much feel like I'm living in a community that I have helped to foster. And obviously, I'm here because of the people that have supported me. And it's made up a community. And it's not business. It's not personal. It's some combination of those things that makes everything real and authentic. There's no greater joy than to be productive and to change the world with people that you really love and trust and 
are friendly with. That togetherness of those concepts is everything. And then you get to the point of just recognizing that perspectives could shift. Like we don't know it all. Life is unpredictable. What comes up must come down. What goes down probably comes back up again. And having a real respect for that is probably the biggest mantra of my career. It means humility is everything when you start to feel too big for your britches. It means optimism is required when you feel too down or stuck. It means that a problem can be solved when you least expect it. It means things can get worse when everything points to things getting better. We're not quants for all aspects of life. And I have a real appreciation for that. And I think that is all about living in a gray area. It's not black and white. It's gray. And every time you want to simplify your life by saying, okay, now we're good because everything points to being good. Or now this is really bad. You're probably wrong. And that's the beauty of life. And then when those things get into the forefront, where we are living a life that is inherently unpredictable, that is beautiful. Because then we lose the ego. We lose the feeling that we know it all. We lose the false security in the macro you know, helping us. And then you start to focus in on what you can control. You can control your mindset, your loved ones, the way you treat people. Maybe you're tending to your immune system, your environment, the way that you lead people that you can put into your domain, the way that people want to be led by you in other domains, your expression and your perspective matters. And people are looking for insights because there's confusion and we're in the gray area. And that is, in a lot of ways, a beautiful place to be that ultimately goes to the final point, which is that we are living in a scarce arc of life. It begins, it ends. There is a greater world out there, not just today, but long into the future. And so just understanding our place in all this with the planet, with the universe, with humanity today and into the future and then past is, I think, really um, a good place to uh, just to understand how to sit and how to settle. We could have a vaccine tomorrow and everyone's going to feel great, or we could have the summer burn off the virus and everyone's going to feel great. And then guess what? There's a recurrence of it. We just don't know, right? So then how do you think about what you can control and restart? Do the building blocks again and restart the foundation. This concept of everything's available to us all the time is unnatural. So then how do you choose? I'm reading a book now called Scarcity. It's like, let's focus on what scarcity does. By the way, a lot of the book is about in the times of scarcity is when the best things are created because it's all on the line all the time. You take nothing for granted. When you're on the spot, you may have your best expression. There was an analysis done by a gentleman in the firm named Adam Judd last week said that 50% of the Fortune 100 companies were birthed or formed out of a recession or a crisis. Disney, Walmart, et cetera, makes a lot of sense. Scarcity. 
the Ford Motor Company had its best years after they basically shut down during World War II in deference to the military to make product for the government. You know, normally you would think our business is dead, we're failing, and it's over. But then they come back from that after uh, having the systems and the structures in place now to really have a commercial enterprise and had a great period of uh, growth after that. So I think it's like we're in one big portfolio. And so when one part of the portfolio is depressed, another part could get accentuated on the positive side and vice versa. It goes back to my philosophy. You just want to have a lot of shots on goal. So that goes to sustenance. That goes to thinking more broadly. It goes to starting with the optimal and then using real life constraints to get to the realistic. Whereas a lot of people start with the realistic and create these false guardrails that therefore limit anything optimal from coming out of it. It's much harder to think expansively and work back into the practical because you have to be imaginative and creative. Whereas I think a lot of people in business think with the box that they are sitting in and they put those constraints around them and therefore you have no shot of getting outside of yourself. It's uncomfortable to think expansively and it's hard to bring that into practical terms, but I think that's the right way and the right lens of thinking about things. At this moment in time when we are in the middle chapters of dealing with the coronavirus and cases are increasing around the world every day and unfortunately uh, the number of deaths are increasing pretty much around the world, particularly in the U.S. right now and in New York every day at horrifying numbers. This is a very unsettling moment and I don't know what will be. What I try to do is start with where my comfort level is. I want to make sure that I do everything I can to stay healthy, to tend to my immune system, vitamin C and probiotics, healthy inputs every day, try to make sure that my family is healthy and protected and that we're doing everything we can to stay isolated and be smart. And then you start thinking, well, when do you get comfortable going back to normal? And obviously, everyone's now thinking about the new normal and you know, we may never get back to normal, but I also don't believe that. That's also an overreaction. Mm-hmm. So you start to look at your environment saying, okay, I can control that, or opportunities will be created the longer you wait. Maybe there's a vaccine the longer you wait. You want to make sure you're as healthy as possible, as secure as possible, as long as you can. You won't miss anything, but maybe more and more opportunities become revealed, and maybe other things will happen that you can't foresee today. So I think there is this understanding of, don't rush anything. Resist the need to make quick decisions. Paralysis may not be a bad thing as information is uncovered. And we don't know everything yet. And so mm-hmm. it goes against our nature to be um, inactive. But sometimes it's better to be uh, patient. In my mind, the virus is tragic, it's a crisis, but it is fundamentally temporary. Whether it's two months, six months, a year, a few years, it is temporary. I'm traveling 15 days a month, 215,000 miles a year, 575 hours a year, doing 10 meetings a day, 
there's tons of friction between each meeting because there's planes, trains, automobiles to get from one place to the other. And you're meeting with people all the time. Great. I mean, that served me well. I like the human interaction. I like the spark of it. The 10 years of doing that or plus has led to a very deep set of relationships that we know each other. We've been together. We've dined together. We've had drinks together. We've had meetings together. We've traveled together, all of that. Right away when that goes away, I actually welcome the reset because I've built my world with depth of these experiences around the world to the point where I don't actually need to be there physically right now. I have as much of a feeling of warmth and connectivity talking to you over a video conference or a CEO or a video conference or on the phone than I do being there or even on email than I do in the office or over dinner with them. And frankly, it's more productive in a way. So I can do you know, 30, 40 phone calls a day or interactions a day with no friction between meetings around the world and then doing the eight to 10 in person. I thought to myself yesterday, health-wise, how have I changed? So I'm not eating out at all. So my eating is healthier by virtue of the fact that it's all like home-cooked meals. My exercise is probably the same, although now I'm starting to do some walks and some phone calls while I'm walking. My snacking has gone up, so that's not good. My drinking has gone way down for now, although a lot of people's alcohol consumption has gone up. People said that no leader has ever lived through a crisis when they shut down both the churches and the liquor stores at the same time. The churches and the synagogues are closed, the liquor stores have to stay open. You do both of those things at once, you got a problem. Bad recipe. I talked to a few CEOs even today on a Sunday that we're all a lot more accessible now to each other than we've been before. Mm-hmm. That's good. That will wear off a little bit. And now that excitement of, oh, we're all working from home. We're all talking to each other. We're all very productive. It's going to wear off. I will, I think, start to long for human interaction again, or maybe some other thinking or quiet time. I've just started to read books after a few weeks in isolation because I really want to be in the present. And books are going to just take me into some other depth of thinking. So I think now this is the period of the framework's in place. The middle chapters are in. We're in the middle of right now. Settle in a little bit. And it's okay being somewhat less active for the benefit of increased thought and depth and balance. So you have to now pace yourself and settle in. And so I think being okay with less activity will be the next thing versus being somewhat energized by the increase in activity. And then it'll be key to see who can stay connected without as much of the interaction, but with more depth of thinking. I always say everything in your closet has to fit. You can't afford to have a closet of things that, yeah, that fits okay, that doesn't, you know, and You have to be focusing on what you really need and what you really want. And so therefore, just raises the bar for each decision. I had a call this morning on recruiting. And like, A, it's not the right time to recruit, but it could be later because we have capital, luckily, to use to recruit. But how do you recruit someone that's working from home? They don't feel connected anywhere right now. It could be easier in some ways. It could be harder in some ways. We're having best practices sessions among CEOs about how you treat your employees or when you make decisions. And it's so heartwarming to be in the middle of those things. And then we're having deal conversations about what kind of capital companies need or what portfolio of assets companies should have coming out of this. 
you know, first you take care of your health, and then you take care of your people, and ultimately you take care of business expansion. And we're not yet there. We're in the middle of parts of that, which are taking care of our people and our health. But ultimately, that should lead to some business opportunities. I talked to the head of a private equity firm the other day on Friday, and he said he's playing one-third defense and two-thirds offense. You start thinking to yourself, what kind of defense and offensive ratio am I playing right now? Probably 50-50, but you start to want to play more offense over time. We're not there yet, but we're preparing for it. Right now, um, I do feel like people are stepping up. It's a moment to really like be grateful that we're all healthy and that with that health, we can be bold. And we're in that moment of transition right now. I hope you enjoyed our show today. If you want to check out any prior episodes, find us and subscribe at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. Feel free to leave a review as well as it helps people find the show. You can also follow us on social media at KindredCast for behind the scenes photos and info. Listen to KindredCast on SiriusXM every Saturday and Sunday at 2 p.m. Eastern on Business Radio Channel 132, or stream shows on demand in the SiriusXM app. Audiation.